well what's the crack um and for anybody who is outside of ireland that means how are you basically or what's going on i suppose so first things first i'm evan scully and i was born with the most I suppose, well, I was born with cystic fibrosis and that means that I should have been, I was given a life expectancy of 10. Um, the life expectancy in Ireland is 32 uh, and then it can go up to about 57 or 60 or something like that if you are in Sweden or Australia. So, um, it's the most popular inherited genetic disease in the world. Uh, there's no cure. It affects your lungs, your digestive system, your liver, um, your reproductive system. Um, it affects pretty much everything in your body. So, the people who don't know me, um, this this is the podcast for you. Because if you do know me, then you probably know my story and I don't need to repeat it. But because I have a lot of podcasts coming out with athletes... Um, I feel like I should give an intro about myself first, and then, and and then basically um, go on to the to the athletes that I interviewed, which is Zane Robertson, uh, Derek Ray, who came second in the Paralympic marathon, and Darren McElhenney, who has a European bronze medal, uh, and he was the second fastest European junior. Um, last year he has a PB of 1354 he has a few Irish records as well so yeah I'm going to talk about myself which I find I find a bit strange or awkward um, because like where do I start um, I suppose I start at the beginning uh, yeah so I was born with cystic fibrosis um, you're born with it you can't you can't get it uh, like when you're 10 or whatever. You, you have to be born with it. Um, so two parents have to have the gene. And when the two parents have the gene, then it's a one in four chance uh, that the child will have CF. And I'm the one in four in my family. I have three siblings and I'm the one in four. So I, I was originally... I spent the first few years of my life in Dunboyne in Mead and then got a bit of street cred when in Inchicore uh, and then moved out to Dunshockland after that and uh, for the last year I've been in Navan I don't think you can say Navan without saying Navan it just doesn't feel right but yeah um, I am 34 this year so with statistically speaking I'm plus 2 <laughs> uh, now, growing up, I knew I had cystic fibrosis, but I never, I never thought about the implications it was having on my life, or if it did have any in my life. Um, I played loads of different sports. I was really active, uh, and I think because I'm so competitive, I think that drives me. Um, health wise, I don't. I had a conversation with uh, a few people while in Kenya I'm just back in Kenya by the way um, and see there's a, there's a thing out there saying CF will one day stand for cure found um, 
I'm not sure how I feel about if there was a cure for CF. Uh, like I know what it's like to have it. I know that's all I've known, and it feels a bit weird if I didn't have it. Uh, like, would I keep myself as healthy? Probably because it's a routine now. But I feel I don't know. It's like saying, uh, "What's it like having CF?" But like, if I asked you, "What it? What's it like to have a left arm?" Like, you don't really think about oh, like oh, you wake up today and you still have your arm. Um, I don't wake up every morning going, oh, well, I still have CF. So I don't know how I'd feel about it. I think when the new drug for CF came out, um, or can be, I was asked to go on it. But in my mind, I was like, every action has a reaction. I didn't know what the reaction to that drug was. And at the time, and still now, I don't feel like I need to go on it. But now with this newer drug that's coming out, um, my doctor actually said I should go on it. But it's it's available at the end of the year, and it's the first drug that actually tackles the genetic makeup of CF. So I'll see. I'll, I'll maybe maybe in November my mind will change a little bit. I'm always a bit apprehensive to to take something that I don't need at the moment, like. I, I can keep CF at bay with uh, diet and, and exercise. Um, but, like, I'm not I'm not going to talk about uh, anyone else with CF because uh, it's all very individual and I'm not going to... Just because I don't... I'm having second questions about it. I don't want other people listening to this thinking, uh, well, he seems healthy, he's not in hospital. Well, I'm not going to go on it. I don't want that to come across like that. I don't want you to do that. Um, if talk to your doctors, talk to everybody about it, and then make make a decision based on your your findings from your doctor. But for me at the moment, like if if you had uh, if you had symptoms of sinusitis for years, and you don't currently have any symptoms, you don't have any headaches or anything like that, but they could come back. Um, but while you don't have symptoms, or you don't, it's not bothering you, would you still take painkillers? Uh, you wouldn't. So it, that's that's my rationale thinking on um, whether to go on this new drug or not. Anyway, that's a bit of a detour. Um, yeah, growing up with cystic fibrosis, it was... I don't know any different. Like I said, I, I, I actually don't know what it's like not to have it. Uh, so I can't really say what it's like growing up. Um, I just felt like it was a part of my life. Um, my parents would have done physiotherapy on me like five, six times a day if needed, a half an hour at a time, and that's clapping on your back, uh, sides and front, and trying to dislodge the mucus that is built up in a person with CF, their lungs. And I, I would have, I would have had to take nebulizers maybe two, two or three a day. Um, a nebulizer is like a, uh, an aerosol version of medication. So you pour liquid into the chamber, and then it creates a gas, and then you breathe in that, uh, that mist, I suppose. And it depends what it is. It could be hypertonic saline, which is like a percentage solution of water. Uh, and salt uh, and then there was other things to help with, thin out the mucus 
Um, so that was kind of like my childhood. I'd wake up before school and I'd get therapy done at 7 o'clock in the morning. Then have my breakfast off the school. Uh, and that, that, I'd come back and later years, I don't really remember much getting it done. I don't really remember getting it done five, six times a day. Um, but it's something that I wasn't really... I wasn't really bothered getting it done. Like I never thought, oh God, here we go, I have to do this again. Uh, it was always made fun. My parents always made it fun. Uh, they'd, they'd always, we'd always have this thing afterwards called cuddle time or hug time, CF or, or therapy hug. And it was, I'd just sit there for like five minutes and I'd hug my mom. Like, or when I was, when I didn't have enough patience to lie over her lap, um, she'd she'd make me look out the window. And she'd be uh, doing therapy on my back. And then when my dad came back from work, he would turn me upside down and run up and down the hallway. And so that's fun anyway. It, it doesn't matter if you have CF or not. I just thought it was a, b- a bit of a game. Um, but exercise was a huge thing when I was growing up. It was always, oh, don't lock him inside because uh, he has CF. It was always get out. The bugs hate cold weather, so get out into the cold weather. Uh, and if you get if you get wet, come in and get changed. I, I was never kept indoors. Uh, my parents, uh, th- I suppose their mindset was if he's going to live to 10, he's going to have the best 10 years ever. And that's what it was. I, I, like, I, I'm trying to, like, I'm thinking back in my life. And when I was... I'd say I was 11 and I went over to Lourdes with the Order of Malta to help sick people. Like what 11 year old goes to Lourdes with cystic fibrosis to help sick people? Like that's that's mad. Uh, so yeah, sports wise, I, I think football was kind of like the main thing. It probably is with every person in Ireland. Um, football is in soccer, not football is in GAA. Um, but I I was doing gymnastics, taekwondo, uh, rugby. That was a that was that was a major thing. But I think as when everybody started to grow and I didn't grow, <laughs> they they could nearly throw me instead of the rugby ball. So I was at a clear disadvantage to be playing rugby. And <laughs> uh, so with football, um, it kind of got a bit annoying because I couldn't control the other ten players on my team. Um, and I remember my first race. Well, my first actual run was a run till you drop down in Ballymoney, um, near Gory, and uh, it was a holiday park. And the organisers of the event, they, they wanted. I they probably just wanted to get us really tired so we'd sleep at night. But it was a run till you drop, and I was, I'd say it was four or five. And I was racing against people who were like 11. And I didn't care if they were 11 or 17 or my age. I didn't care. I needed to beat them. So I was the last person to not to, to stop running. Well, they made me stop because they wanted to go home. But I just kept on running and running and running. And I think then in fifth class was my first actual race. And I ran it in my school uniform. Uh, and my school shoes. And out in the out in the field, out the back of the school, and I won the race. I was like, oh, 
because that was fun. And then that that we went on to another race and another race. But when I came home from school that day, I was covered in muck. And my mum was like, what were you doing? And I told her. And she, she didn't give out to me. She just thought it was brilliant. That it was exercising. Like, your uniform can be washed. Um, and I remember on that topic as well. I remember my mum. We went to the shops, the sports shop. And uh, she was like, pick out any runner you want. To running and I, I've had a huge obsession with shoes and runners or sneakers or whatever you want to call them uh, over the years I love them like I remember getting my first pair of Jordans and I was I was going into third class and I just really wanted a pair of Jordans uh, and it was amazing I just I, I, I love shoes anyway I got the shoes and my mom said you can get these as dirty as you want and that, I'd say I could have been in first year, so what, what age is that, like 12? I went out that day and destroyed them. I went through, running through puddles and muck, like they were white. When I came back, they were brown. But I don't think my mum really meant to go out and get them dirty on the first time. But yeah, so I, I've been running since in around the age of 11 or 12. Um, so over 20 years running um, and I represent Ireland at a school level uh, I went over to Ethiopia when I was 17 to, to run with Haile Gabriel Selassie and live with him um, and it, like I've, it's, it's crazy the amount of experience that I'm after getting and from the age of 17 onwards like my idol was Haile and I lived with him in his mansion in Ethiopia, like what? Well, how does that even make sense? And I, I, at the time, I didn't really think, "Oh my God, this is mad." I just, I was like, "I'm going to live with Hailey." <laughs> so, I, I kind of, I don't really know what to say about me having cystic fibrosis. I think it's easier when I get asked questions because then. I know what people want to hear about my CF. Um, I don't know how honest to be. Well, I'm pretty honest about it, but I don't know. I don't know if you really want to hear. Right, I'll actually I'll go through my medication. So I t- probably take about thirty tablets a day. Thirty in ter- in between thirty and forty, um, and the majority of that is made up with digestive enzymes. So I don't produce digestive enzymes. Um, so every time I have to eat, I take digestive enzymes. Um, then I'm on vitamins and minerals, so magnesium, selenium, zinc, iron, uh, vitamin C to help absorb the iron, uh, a B complex, um, and at the moment... I've had a bit of a weird cough at the moment, so I'm on Singular, which is like an anti-inflammatory, for like asthma, for your lungs, and um, two inhalers, Ventolin and Symbicort. Um, so it's, it, I suppose it seems like a lot for someone who doesn't have CF, but for someone who has CF, it's not that much at all. Um, I the, the magne or the minerals and vitamins is just because uh, I take them be- so I can run 
and I run. I run because I enjoy it, but uh, and I never thought growing up that running is really good for CF. But it, it's it's unbelievable. It's probably the best thing you can do. With, with for someone actually for someone who doesn't have CF as well, it's just an amazing form of exercise. Um. So yeah, t- thirty to forty tablets a day. Um, I run most days, like five or six, sometimes seven days a week. Uh, I used to run up to, I think my highest weekly mileage was 126 miles in that week. Um, but I was doing 120 miles for weeks on end. Uh, and at the moment, right now, I'm just back from Kenya. I landed a few hours ago. It's 21 hours of travelling. Was, that was fairly hard. Um and so up in Kenya you have 25% less oxygen than you do at sea level because I was up 2400 metres above sea level um, and I was running 70 miles a week so with CF you're usually in and out of hospital because you have chest infections or some sort of complications um, I'm fortunate enough to never have been in hospital for CF, which, oh my god, something just fell there and I didn't know what it was, <laughs> oh god, anyway, um, yeah, I've never been in hospital for CF, which is, it's amazing, I'm so fortunate to not have, to not be in hospital because a lot of people I know, uh, especially around my age, they, they're on either life support or lung transplant list or spend more time in hospital than at home. And I was never exposed to CF. Oh, no, I was never exposed to hospital life or other people with CF, I mean. And now because of social media... I see a lot of people who have CF and they're in and out of hospital and it, like it, it when I first when I first started talking to people with CF um Orla Tinsley would have been the person I first started talking to and it was 2013 and it actually really affected me to see how I could end up or how other people with CF end up, it really did affect me. I remember in America, and I ended up just crying, thinking, Jesus Christ, this is this is what's going to happen to me. And it, it not happened to me straight away, but like it, maybe 15 years' time or 10 years' time, it's a degenerative disease. And I was thinking to myself, this is, this is where I'm going to end up. And I don't think... I don't think it really helped me at all. Um, and even watching Orla's documentary on RTE, I sat there and cried. I was crying for ages watching it. And it, probably because I knew her and I was talking to her in and around the time she was getting her um, transplant. And I remember, t- I remember waking up going, Orla's gone to get her transplant. And I didn't hear or news about anything about it, so I, I messaged her brother and asked her or asked him how did she get on. But yeah, it really did affect me. Um, 
And I don't want to bury my head in the sand either and think, well, if I don't talk to them, then it doesn't exist. But it's not really doing anything for me to see other people with CF in and out of hospital all the time. Uh, maybe it's a protective mechanism, but I, I, I'm all right with that. Um, I coach two people with CF for running, uh, and one of them runs a 340 marathon, and she's 42, got turning 43. Um, and like we don't really talk much about CF. Um, it's more about running. Uh, and then there's another girl who wants to run her first marathon in London this year. Uh, and she has CF as well, so I don't I don't mind talking to people with CF. I just don't need to be bombarded with it every single day on social media. Like social media is a weird thing. I know I post a lot, um, and I try to be as honest as possible. But if you're scrolling through Twitter, and you see y- y- the first post you see might be a cute kitten rolling around in balls or something. I don't know what. And then the next you see some sort of attack in Syria or South Sudan or something like that. And then the next post could be, I don't know, a dog doing cartwheels or something. So your mind is just, it's up, down, up, down. And that this is what I was exposed to with social media. Like I don't really have friends with CF. And the only thing... The only thing we would have in common is CF. So I don't, I don't, I, I don't look at the message boards. Um, people with CF aren't supposed to come in contact with each other, so I never see anybody with CF either. Um, but there are people with CF who are doing things like there's Joshua Ellen Jones, who got an OBE recently. Uh, he was lifting like a million kilos in 24 hours um, Sophie Grace Holmes and cycled the length of Great Britain um, there's another lad in Australia who plays rugby for the Australian national team uh, that's huge they're one of the best teams in the world um, there's loads of people out there that are actually doing things um, and not letting CF stop them I'm just going to take a drink of my coffee. I just came back. I just said I came back from um, Kenya. And you would think the coffee in Kenya is good. And it is not. It's not even remotely good. It's actually fairly crap. I don't know what happens. Maybe, see, it's not, just the, it's not just the beans that makes a good coffee. It's the barista as well. And <laughs> I actually saw one of the baristas or the girl that was working in the cafe and she was steaming the milk in a big yogurt pot. <laughs> oh, I should have got a, a, a photograph of it, but I was just looking going, what is going on? Um, so th- th- that coffee there was my first coffee in nearly four weeks. And it was unbelievable. I made the coffee. Um, I have a I have a, a sage barista touch or, um, what 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 did I call it in America? Is it Oracle? Anyway, uh, I made my, the coffee myself. I grind the beans and everything, um, and I just took a sip, and nobody else is in the house, and I just went, oh, <laughs> I tell my neighbours, I think, what is he doing? Uh, but that's one thing I missed in Kenya. Um, 
this is this i think it was either my fourth or fifth or sixth time in kenya i can't remember but i've nearly spent three quarters of a year in kenya in my whole life it's mental um i suppose i should talk about what i actually do for a living um so i'm a therapist that works with everybody but people think i only work with athletes um like my private practice isn't just athletes uh when i go away working it's with athletes but uh athletes being runners this year i was in kenya for arthur lanagan o'keefe who was eight in the olympic pentathlon um he's irish and he did that in rio so yeah we went over together and he spent a few more days in kenya than i did um and yeah kenya kenya's uh, kenya's a mad place i i don't really get culture shocks when i go away but kenya (laughs) it teaches the patience anyway um, and it's really hard to keep weight on as well. Uh, I'm surprised at how much I was eating to not lose weight as well. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I, I also do acupuncture and I'm a strength and conditioning coach. Um, and I've worked with 35 Olympic medalists. Um, and it must be over 200 Olympians at this stage. Um, I think the most amount I spent with one athlete was with Tufik McLuffy, who has three Olympic medals, uh, two silvers and one gold. He's from Algeria, um, and he's one of the fastest fifteen hundred meters ever, meter runners ever. Um, so recently, I think with having a, with having a disease that is life-threatening or severely reduces your life expectancy Um, I didn't have this idea growing up but I feel that uh, having huge uh, life markers like recently I three three months ago today I got married Um and i usually don't cry at things i know that i was talking about crying uh with orla and people with cf and stuff like that um but i usually don't cry i find it hard to cry uh but i remember that day three months ago and i was standing at the top of the altar or the chapel or whatever it was and i turned around and saw yaz's little sister and I was like, uh-oh, I'm going to start. And if I do cry, it's really hard to stop. So I was like, okay, think of happy thoughts. Think of something else. What are we having for What are we having for dinner? What's the weather like? Anything to keep my mind off uh, the, the tears from coming down my face. But yeah, how, getting married. Um, not a, not a, an awful lot of people live to, to see 30 with cf but um getting married was one of the one of those uh milestones that was huge and i don't think my parents i don't think 
I don't think my parents knew that they were going to be able to see their son getting married. Um, so I think I think it was a really proud day for them, and uh, I suppose me as well. Myself and Yaz are together thirteen years, um, and even even thinking about her in the situation that we're in, uh, knowing that I have CF, um, like what an amazing woman to to not put up with me or how I don't know what words to say for that, um, but knowing that I have CF and. Uh, a degenerative disease and she still stands by me uh, it's it's a strength that not many people have um, so I suppose that I have found the right woman for me in life um, but saying that we're three months uh, married today and she's out on the lash with her friends <laughs> we're we're going to a wedding tomorrow, um. So she's at a sten, which is a stag and a hen mixed together, um. So she's out there tonight, but she's she's leaving early to come home to spend with her husband, <laughs> um. So I think that's probably enough of me talking for for an intro, um. What I want from the podcast. People ask me why am I podcasting, um, and the answer is I love creating, whether it's my YouTube channel or photography on Instagram, um, or like anything. It could be doodling. It could be anything, and I think I, I kind of want to get into the podcast scene, um, and I have three already lined up, um, and I, I I just like talking to other people, um, and figuring out how their mind works. So that's basically the reason for the podcast. Um, I will probably do... Uh, I don't know how I'm going to structure these. I don't know whether to do one a month, one every second week, or one a week. Um, I think if I leave it up to my mind going, oh, sure, I'll just do it whenever I want. Um, I don't... That, that's not... It's not very structured, is it? So... I'm going to make a list of topics to talk about um, and how maybe how I stay motivated for running or uh, how I coach people. Um, I, there, there's, I suppose there is loads of things. I just need to sit down and write a list on what to talk about uh, and people to interview as well. There's loads of people I want to interview. Um, so that that's pretty much it um yeah what you could do is the only thing i like the only thing i want you to do as a listener is subscribe give it five stars write a review and if you want to follow me on instagram it is evan underscore runs facebook is uh, evan scully and Twitter is Evan underscore STC and STC stands for Scully Therapy Clinic. I'd love to change it, but I don't think I can change it on Twitter. It won't let me for some strange reason. 
Um, and if you have any questions, you can email them over to evan.scuddy at gmail.com. And that is it for a Friday evening. So thanks for listening. And hopefully it's given you an insight to my life with CF. And I'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. <laughs>